Welcome back into another episode of the Owen Show. Season 2, Episode 2. I am Owen Burke, joined alongside by Tim Hunt, virtually, as per usual. Tim, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? You know, just uh, another day in the life. I'm ready to... Oh, we're Monday this week, which is weird. So today felt super weird because it's usually the start of my week, but it wasn't the start of my week and worked the rest of the week. I don't know. It's a, it's it's going to be a weird two weeks because the schedule is not as set as it usually is. But I feel that it's really only a me thing because nobody else at work really has a set schedule outside of myself and Heath, I guess. But, you know, it is what it is. It's retail life. So, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's talk about some football here. Let's do it. Let's let's dive right in. So, uh, obviously, last episode we covered our AFC uh, record predictions. Today we're doing the NFC. So we're going to dive straight into the NFC South. Um, probably the most predictable division, at least the division winner in this. Um, so let's start from the bottom. I have the Falcons going three and fourteen in this division. Uh, I have them going the exact same. Uh, so that that kind of lined up nicely. Yeah, I I worry about the Falcons for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, no Calvin Ridley. Um, mm. I bet you he won't play this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marcus Mariota is your starting quarterback. It looks like Marcus Mariota. I don't know if they've announced him as the starter or not. Desmond Ritter that's, has kind of slung it a little bit in preseason. That's true. Ritter has played well. I, I think, unfortunately, Mariota is probably going to be on a short leash, which probably doesn't do great for his confidence at this point. But... uh. You know, there's just not a lot to this team that makes me go, yeah, yeah, they're going to be great this year, you know? Yeah, they, there's there's a couple interesting pieces here and there where I'm like, okay, I'm like, I, I like that, but it's not like that's like four things. And on a, on a team where you got to send out 22 guys each night, at least 24 guys, it's uh, not very promising when one of the five guys that makes me say, wow, is your kicker. So yeah it's 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 not a great spot but there's potential it's just it's not enough to get anything done in the i'm kind of surprised they traded away matt ryan this offseason uh i didn't didn't fully see that coming this team like wasn't in a spot where they feel like they needed to completely blow it up to compete in this division because this, this division overall isn't amazing um no but I, I just don't see, you know, enough there without Matt Ryan to to carry a Marcus Mariota, you know. So, uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts is obviously a bright spot on that team, but losing yeah, your like, wide receiver one and your quarterback one, I mean, never votes well for a team the next season. Yeah. So, I mean, Arthur Smith's got his work cut out for him for sure. I think this is a team that when Brian Flores got fired, I would have been on the phone immediately to get him in as my D.C., because honestly, like talent wise, I don't think this defense like there's there's not a ton of star talent, but they have a lot of guys where I'm like, okay, like serviceable. Grady Jarrett was a Pro Bowler once upon a time. I think Deion Jones still has the best of his career ahead. Lorenzo Carter's been underrated. Troy Anderson may be one of the bigger steals of the draft. He's super athletic. They have AJ Terrell in the secondary. Like there's a lot of pieces here where I feel like if you get the right DC in the building, this defense honestly could contribute. And then offensively, the offensive line is not great, but we talked about Kyle Pitts. They spent their first round pick on Drake London. Brian Edwards has always been kind of a question mark in um, in Vegas. Now he's out there. Demir Bird's the speed center to go over the top. So like, there's there's a lot of pieces, but I just 
the the QB spot is obviously a massive question, and it's I feel like it's a team that's really going to have to be elevated by coaching to take the next step, and I just don't think they have the right guys on staff to take the step right now. Yeah, I mean, they went 7-10 and 10 with Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan on that roster, and you take those two out, and that's just such a big hit, you know? Yeah, and um, also you're, you're betting on Cordell Patterson to repeat what he did last year, which is very – that's a tough bet to make. Anytime a running back peaks at the age of 30, uh, it's slightly concerning. You know, that's not something that I'm willing to bet on it happening again. Yeah, it's not going to be a reliable, oh, yeah, he'll do that again next year type deal. I, just to, just to give you an idea of what they're working on at, at their wide receiver core here, um, I'm gonna just read some names to you: Cameron Batson, uh, Jared Benhart, Stanley Berryhill, uh, Damian Bird, Frank Darby, uh, Brian Edwards. I can't even say that guy's name. Hodge. Household names, if you ask me. Keyshawn, I'm gonna give this a big who. That's, that's kind of, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a summary of their wide receiver. Core like I know, I know London and Edwards, obviously bird. I only know because he has 93 speed on Madden. So I halfway look at him as a, as a low ad. And then there's the guy that we can't pronounce his name. And I know him because I can't pronounce his name. It's one of the, I feel like I'm pretty good with names. Haven't learned that one. Yeah. I could say Foisade Aluikin. That's the linebacker that the, that left Atlanta actually last year for, for the Jags and free agency. And I, I still can't I can't get this name here in their wide receiver room. So I like I said, I like kind of where they're going, but it's just it's it's a team that needs to be elevated by a couple other things that they just don't have in the building right now. And as much as the division isn't great, like the thing about this division is well, obviously you have your reigning champs in the Bucks, and then the Saints aren't great, but the issue is the Saints play really good defense. And a team cannot be good, but if they have a good defense, they're going to beat bad teams. And I think the Falcons line up in that bad team category. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just they just don't have enough out there to to be a difference maker. So, Agreed. yeah. Um, who do you have next in the division? Uh, third spot, I have the Panthers going seven and ten in this division. Okay, I have the Saints. I have the Saints actually going four and thirteen. Uh, oh wow, be, I might be a little low on the Saints. Um, I'm probably a little high on the Saints, so we're probably have them going. I have them going eight and nine in my second spot, and I have the Panthers going seven and ten in my second spot. So okay, so we both have the Panthers at seven and ten. So let's talk about them. Yeah, um, I don't know. This is a team that I like, but I don't love, and so that's why I think they'll be around that seven to ten, eight and nine number. Maybe maybe they sneak out nine and eight. Um. Mm. There, there's some things to like. I mean, we were, I mean, we were joking earlier uh, about what Pete Carroll said. Um, yeah, about having not two having ones. two ones, like two ones, and, and it kind of is like you know. I think the 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 Carolina Panthers have like two one and a halves, right? Like they have Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, who I think at this point in their career, I know you're a big Baker guy, but. I think Baker is a low to middle end starter at his peak, you know? So, um, but this, this team is interesting. Uh, I think they might be better than some people think they can be. I think if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, uh, I think if that wide receiver core stays healthy, I think this team could be, could be good. Cause I think Matt rules coaching for his job and he knows that. Yeah. This team feels like a, uh, a beat the teams they're not supposed to, but lose the teams that they're, lose to the teams they're supposed to beat kind of team. Yeah. 
where like they sweep the Bucks, but then like lose the game to the Jets and the Giants. You're like, what is? Come on, like you got to pick a side here, you know? Um, I I do think there's a lot of question marks on this team. Um, Iki Aquanu hasn't looked great in the preseason. I've seen him get blown off the ball by linebackers in spots, and the whole part of his game was he was a mauling run blocker. And so when you get not only beat, but pancaked by a linebacker that's 60 pounds lighter than you. It's not always the best look after draft day. But I do agree with you. The weapons are there. So um, I this is obviously the worst offensive line that Baker Mayfield's going to be behind in his yeah. career. I think he's always been spoiled by that. So now the question is, is uh, we're about to see who's going to be right about this. Because I feel like you've always been a little bit lower on Baker. I've always been too high. Um and now we're going to see because I've always been high, but my thing has always been like, man, if you couldn't get it done with a top five O line, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and right. Odell what, and Jarvis, like, what are you going to do with CMC, a subpar O line, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson? You what know? What is Baker's high side to you? Like, what is his absolute peak? I don't to know. You? I, I honestly, like, the more we talk about him on and off the microphone, I just I don't know if it's just his personality, if it's the story of of why I like him so much. I just I've always believed in him since day one coming out of college. I'll remember this and I'll tell the story the day I die. It was it wasn't my show at Butler yet. We were doing our sports talk show, The Cave. And it was the two guy, the two sophomores at the time that started the show. And I would come on every other week and we were talking draft week. And I told I said I was like, I think Baker Mayfield's the best QB in this class. I think the Browns take him number one overall. And I remember my buddy Jordan would ream me on and off the air constantly. He's like Sam Darnold, which is funny that they have both of them now. He's like Sam Darnold was heads and shoulders the best QB in this draft class. Baker Mayfield shouldn't be number one, let alone even top five. And then I remember draft night like the back of my hand. It was the the most rewarding moment ever to see him go number one. And then there's some years where I was like, man, I was, I nailed it on the head. And then there was other years where I was like, man, I was really wrong. But the one thing I can't take solace in is that Jordan was always wrong because Sam Darnold never looked good. <laughs> yeah. Outside of like three plays here and there. I, I think Sam Darnold, to be fair to that argument, I mean, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole. Sam Darnold's always been in a worse situation than Sam Darnold's been or in. in. 100%. So, 100%. Um, there's that factor to take in. I mean, whenever I talk about that class, I always have to admit I had Josh Rosen as the second best quarterback in that class. And boy, was that way, way off. But yeah, um, I was never super high on Rosen. But honestly, at the same time, I feel like I was never super low on him either. I feel like I kind of just ignored that he was there. Yeah, I always wanted Ro- the best. I, prediction I thought when 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 uh, the Cardinals traded traded him to Miami, I was really hoping the Patriots were going to trade for him because I thought he would have been a great fit in new England. Um, he just feels like picked him up after Miami cut him to be honest, but that's besides the point. I don't want to get too deep down this hole. I mean, I think what Baker Mayfield is at his peak is a Kirk cousins who makes a lot of noise. And if you're asking me, would you rather have Kirk cousins or Baker Mayfield? I'd probably take Kirk cousins. Um, just because I don't have to deal with the drama and all the media attention and, and everything that kind of comes along with Baker. Yeah. I think this is the year where I have to hop off the fence. Like I have to, I have to take the loss here. I think like I've, I've been on his side kind of this whole time. This is the year where like, I can't, you can't really make excuses after this year, which sucks. Cause it's probably the worst setup he's ever had. Yeah. Um, but like, I can't just, you can't bank on the potential forever. And I've been banking on it for years. Um, 
I mean, we're, we're four years or yeah, well, this is the, I guess everyone's fifth year. Mm-hmm. We're, we're five years. This will be the fifth season for these guys. And I, at just some point you have to be consistent enough to be a starter. And, and he hasn't been, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's going to be one of these guys that kind of bounces around. Now I don't think he's uh Gardner Minshew, but you know, I think if he's smart, the problem is, is right now the way he's setting his career up, he he'll struggle to be a backup because he's got that Tebow effect where everybody wants to talk about him. You know what I mean? So yeah, and it's it's tough to hold a backup job when it's like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Colin Kaepernick yeah. and Tim Tebow could tell you that. Yeah, so I think Baker Mayfield, if he's smart, he'll come out this season, keep his head down. If he's playing well, he won't say much. If he's not playing great, he won't say much and just kind of let it ride out. And I mean, maybe he gets another starter job after this. I, I mean, he'd have to play great, but this offensive line is bad. Like it's a bad offensive line. Yeah. Like um, I like some of the pieces here and there, but it's at best. They're going to fall into that 12 to 15 range at absolute best. And it's going to be tough to, especially with this defense, it's going to be tough to kind of build something up. You know what I mean? I, I honestly like, again, I feel like I say this about just about every defense I look at. I like a lot of the individual pieces that are here. I think their front four um, is great. I'd love to see what this defense looks like if they would have kept Hassan Reddick and Stephon Gilmore in town. Because um, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Matthew Ioannidis, and Yotur Gross Matos is a pretty solid front four, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Brian Burns and Derek Brown are are both pretty good players. And Ioannidis is Ioannidis was the third DT. Like remember when you load up Madden and you see that the commanders have three defensive tackles, 87 or above Ioannidis was one of them. Mm-hmm. So he's always been a guy that's just kind of been overshadowed by the guys ahead of him. The secondary is not bad with J, uh, Jeremy Chin and JC Horn either. Like there's pieces here, but again, pieces can only get you so far, especially when you don't have like a top tier DC and I couldn't even tell you the DC is in Carolina these days. Yeah. So it, it I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what this is going to look like this. Um, yeah. The, the middle of this division outside of Tampa Bay, you're like every team could finish with four wins. Every team could finish with eight wins. There's, I could see I, the fluctuation. I also said that you love the secondary and said like, you love JC Horn as if he played more than like what, four games last year. I think he only played like, he, Has played, he hurt that much? Yeah, he played three games last year. I did not effing know that at all. Yeah, yeah. He played three games last year and had an interception in one of them. But, yeah. That's all you need, baby. Javon yeah. Diggs. I guess, yeah, we'll yeah. I mean, we'll three solo it. tackles and one interception last year. So. Show me the numbers. Um, But, yeah, I think this is a team that, that's going to be interesting and kind of floats in the middle. I have them going 7-10. and 10. Uh, What did you have the Saints going again? I had the Saints at eight and nine, which feels really high. I'm not a huge fan of where I had them landing. Uh, that also has them going six and zero in the division, which also feels high. But they just they know how to beat Tom Brady for some reason. This defense just does it. I don't know why. Now, can I can I give you a little correction there? Bring it on. This team used to know how to beat the the Buccaneers. That's fair. The, the big key is they're missing, I don't know, one of the top 10 greatest head coaches of all times. Um, That's very true. And I think him leaving is the part that I think people are, are leaving out. Um, I mean, who knows what quarterback looks like, right? Like, is Jameis Winston, how healthy. good is Jameis Winston going to be, right? Like, Is he healthy? That's my yeah. biggest question at this point. 
And then your backup's Andy Dalton, right? So if if it, this was a Sean Payton team, I could see him being a little bit better, but that's fair. I definitely like, feel like I'm high on him from from how the schedule panned out. The the thing I'll say about Jameis Winston is he has his best years when he has a great coach, right? So what we saw of him last year, we were like, man, this this was a great high. You know, he played with Sean Payton and he started off the year hot. Well, he had a great year when he had Bruce Arians as his head coach too. But when he had Dirk Cutter as his coach, it didn't go so well, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I don't know what Dennis Smith is going to be as a head coach. I don't know what that offense is going to look like. I don't know if, you know, Sean Payton doesn't traditionally have a great tree, right? Like there isn't a lot to like look off of his head coaching tree and go, yeah, that guy kind of made it. Um, but the one thing I will say is, man, you want to talk about a great wide receiver core. This team has got it right here. Michael yeah. Tar- Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and then I still like Callaway a lot. Like he's one of those guys that I feel like could be good. Yeah, they're um, their top three guys, like technically Michael Thomas is on the team, but like their top three receivers this year did not play a game last year for them. Yeah. Which so is it's a little never scary. a bad never a bad thing to add. Um, yeah, I mean, it, who knows how long it'll take to get everybody in rhythm. Um, who knows what uh, is Alvin Kamara going to play this year? I don't remember off the top of my head. As far as I know, no suspensions have been ha- ha- handed down at all. Um, I think they're still kind of in a holding pattern with his whole case at this point. Um, okay. So, I mean, which I mean, that just throws a whole other wrench in your situation at that point. This is another team, honestly, like if Jameis gets hurt again, I, I – I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility to see them go get, try to get Jimmy G from the Niners. Mm-hmm. If the Niners hold him into the regular season, I guess that is. They won't. He'll I get was cut. like, I feel like I remember him, them talking either like they were going to trade him before the preseason ends or they're going to cut him. It's the, I want to say it's the 29th is the day that his contract becomes fully guaranteed. Mm. Um, so probably after this episode comes out, he'll either be cut or about to be cut. Um, it's the 29th or 30th, something like that, where okay. where that contract and they probably won't keep them because they don't want to pay it. Once they once that money becomes fully guaranteed, it's going to become really hard to to trade him at that point. Yeah. Or even cut him at that point. Just well, you can't cut him at that point because his money's fully guaranteed. So, I mean, you can, but you're paying him none the, nonetheless. Right. It's just so a roster spot thing. It point. would be incredibly stupid to keep him and then cut him past yeah. that date. So, um. As far as the Saints go, again, I love the secondary. I'm not a huge fan of the front seven outside of Demario Davis and, and Cameron Jordan. The secondary is legit. Um, they added the Honey Badger, obviously. Marcus May was a great ad for New York. CJ Gardner Johnson has always been really good. Marshall and Lattimore is really good. Bradley Roby's really good. Like the secondary is there, but you can only do so much if you can't get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Still waiting for Marcus Davenport to take his step forward, which I've been waiting to. I thought he was going to be a freak. He came out of nowhere, went in the first round, and hasn't really done anything since getting down there. Yeah, I think they felt the loss of Trey Hendrickson. Was, that's where Trey Hendrickson played for since he wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think they felt the loss of him last year, and they thought Marcus Davenport was going to take the step, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, you didn't even talk about their biggest defensive ad, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, Daniel Swanson being on that team, you know, that's a big upgrade at strong safety. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at their depth chart right now on ESPN, and I honestly forgot they added him because he's currently listed as the fourth strong safety on the roster. (laughs) uh, 
I did think it was hilarious that after all the clips you've seen of Tyron Matthew losing his shit at Sorensen blowing coverage in KC, that they ended up being teammates elsewhere again. Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, curious to see how many games Trevor Penning's going to play because it seems like he likes to start fights. Um, there's, I think the report came out last week or two weeks ago, depending on when you listen to this, that he got kicked out of practice because he had started his third fight in his third day at camp. And you're like, good Lord, dude, come on. Yeah, like, I'm, I, we'll, we'll see if he even starts Swarm or not. That'll be yeah, that's kind true. Of He's listed as number two behind James Hurst right now at left tackle. Yeah. Apparently it hasn't been a great camp for him, but I, I, again, this is one of those teams. There's so many question, question mark at quarterback, question mark at head coach. Um, I mean, and there's just question marks of even the good players. You're like, is Alvin Kamara going to play the whole year? When does Michael Thomas get healthy? How good could Chris Olave be? You're like, all right, there's just so many mounting questions at this. Point. Yeah. That's why I can't have this team going high. Um, I think six wins is probably where we should have had them. You went low. I went high. We bounce each other out. We're good. Yeah. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Problem is I just, the rest the NFC is so tough that I think there's going to be a lot of teams that struggle that we maybe didn't think we're going to struggle so much. That's fair. Um, I have the bucks going 14 and three this year. I do as well. I'm right at 14 and three, just like you do. Uh, I, I like, I like the bucks there. There's a lot to like them. I mean, this has been a distracting off season. I mean, we've talked about Tom Brady more than, uh, we have when he was a free agent this year between the Las Vegas rumors, uh, between him stepping away and taking time away from the team. Like the whole Miami tampering situation. He's yeah. thrown around in there. There has been more stories about Tom Brady than we've seen in a long time. So, um, it, it's just all kinds of confusing. Um, We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's really hard to see this team taking a step back. I know they don't have Bruce Arians, but it seems like Tom might be happier because they don't have Bruce Arians, which is always yeah. a good thing. I really want to figure out what happened in that whole situation. Not that we'll ever know. Yeah. But I, I just, I look up and down at this roster and the only thing, the thing that's going to suck, the O-line is already banged up. Ryan Jensen's out for the year and they've already lost uh, Jonathan Hubbard and, uh, Aaron Steeny are also on IR right now. So not that either of those two names are huge, but you lose your Pro Bowl center in Ryan Jensen. And now Shaq Mason has rejoined Brady down there to play with Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith. And then you got two guys that I don't even know. And I think even right now, Hainsey is supposed to be their starting center. And I I think I remember seeing he got banged up at camp yesterday or, you know, a couple days ago. So, The offensive line and just the coaching transition is the only question marks I have here. Outside of those spots, this is this looks like the Monstars. Like I'm looking at second string guys where I'm like, I would take that guy to start on my team. Yeah. Like Julio Jones is listed as your fourth receiver. And they added crazy. Russell Gage. Like it's also nuts to look at this and say that this might be the best class of weapons overall that Brady's ever had. Yeah. Mike Evans, it's, it's, Chris it's, Godwin's, Russell Gage. Julio Jones, Cameron Bray, Kyle Rudolph, Scotty Miller, Rashad Perriman. Yeah, they're I mean, Leonard Fournette still stayed with him at running back. He mm-hmm. he's gonna be a solid option up there. Um Giovanni yeah, Bernard's mean, always good for his two games a year. Two games a year. Uh I mean they don't have a ton of depth at running back, but I mean, even this defense is still pretty dang stacked. So it is stacked, hundred percent. There, there's a lot to like about this team. It's just about it all coming together. Um, 
my guess is they might struggle a little early on in the season and then they're going to pull it all together. Um, I think yeah. whenever Brady's involved with a team, they tend to do good. Um, I like Todd Bowles. I thought he was a good coach in, in New York. Um, you know, it just nothing ever works out for the Jets. So I thought, you know, this is a good second chance for him. Um, so I think that defense might get better with Todd Bowles having complete say. And if we're being 100% honest about the offense, Tom Brady is your your offensive coordinator, right? Like, yeah, um, uh, Byron Leftwich is probably learning and, and, you know, helping instill what Tom wants to happen. But I don't think that offense is going to really take a step back. I mean, when Tom Brady has a bad offensive line, he just gets the ball out quick and they've yeah. got a lot of playmakers on this team. So Wait, I'm not so they, super worried they about the that. most, the most playmakers that he's had in his career at this point. So yeah. the quality isn't there at tight end, but like, it's easy to fill that spot. Like if, if, if Cameron Brayton, Kyle Rudolph really aren't doing the job, like you could buy at the deadline. I guarantee you somebody's going to be selling the tight end come the deadline. Yeah. I mean, and you, I, I like the, the variety of weapons this team has. I don't know if this is the best offense Tom Brady's ever been on. Um, I mean the 08 Patriots. Yeah. I was like, I, records, but yeah. I mean, there is a lot, there's variety and that's the best part about it is he's going to have choices. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like Julio Jones is going to be a perfect wide receiver for, I mean, he's going to come down and make some big third down plays or, you know, plays that he, he isn't going to be relied upon. Basically. I think it helps rejuvenate his career. Yeah. I think you see the AJ green effect. AJ green was so banged up in his last two, three years of Cincy. Cause he had just been the Jamal Charles, that offense. Like it was either like either AJ green is getting us 60 yards on this drive and we're scoring or we're punting the ball. Yeah. And it wore, it drove him into the ground. He got down to Arizona all of a sudden, he's wide receiver three, maybe even four on certain games, and it allowed him to just be – he wasn't as consistent with the play because obviously he's wide receiver three or four, but he's more consistent because he's there. He's in every single game, and I think hopefully that allows Julio, which obviously he hasn't had his longstanding injury issues that A.J. Green had, but being option three, four, and even five behind some of the tight ends and certain game plans is going to allow him just to be on the field and make those big plays that we know he still can. And we didn't even talk about Chris Godwin, who had 1,100 yards last year and got hurt. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot that's being added back to this team. So, yeah, I I, I like it up and down, man. This is this is a team that I I can see going pretty far. Um, but they're the division and, winner in this in this division for a reason. And even if Tom Brady, let's say Tom Brady takes this magical step back. I mean, the man threw for 5,000 yards last year. So if he steps back, what's he going to be a a 4,200 yard passer still? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's still good enough to win this division and get this team pretty far. I would agree. hundred percent. All right. Next division we're going to talk about is the NFC North. Who do you have in the bottom of the North? Um, I don't think it's any surprise anyone. I have the Bears at the bottom Whoa, of this division. Oh, oh my goodness. I know. How can you ever have a, a team with Nathan Peterman in their quarterback room being last in their division? Yeah. I'm going two and fifteen. I have them going three and fourteen. You know, maybe that's the difference is you know, maybe I have them winning a couple games, you don't, but this this is a team, man, that is in full, complete rebuild. Like, we aren't even sniffing thinking about the playoffs this year. Um, I think this team may be in in the worst spot that any team's in right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a crazy, crazy statement at all. 
Because, like, the Seahawks are in a bad spot, but the Seahawks don't have what's supposed to be their franchise quarterback on roster. Like, the 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 Bears picked Justin Fields, and then we're like, okay, now we're going to blow up the roster. And you're like, hold on, wait a second. We just – like, Justin Fields, and I can say this without him playing great and him having a bad year and not playing even a full year, Justin Fields may be the most talented guy that's ever played quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Historically bad at quarterback. The a peak two years of Jay Cutler is probably the best statistical quarterback that this team has ever had. And that's insane considering how long this team has been around. Mm-hmm. They finally get the guy in Justin Fields or what's supposed to be the guy. And just everything else just falls apart. We're trading Khalil Mack for second round picks. Our best receiver is Darno Mooney and Byron Pringle. And we're spending all of our picks on defense. Nikhil Harry somehow is the biggest splash free agent of the offseason. <laughs> What are Not we doing? Not a free agent. They traded for him. Yeah. Um, Even worse. Why are we? Why am I giving stuff up for Nikhil Harry? I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a six-round pick. So, I mean, Nikhil Harry is probably better than any six-round pick you're going to get. But, well, you say that, you never know. But I, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I'd rather just give up a fifth-rounder and get Amari Cooper at that point if that's all it's going to take to get him. We, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this team because everyone kind of knows they're just bad. Uh, they yeah. went 6-11 and 11 last year. I, I think they're going to regress heavily from that. I mean, no Allen Robinson, um, no Khalil Mack, right? So, like, two cornerstones of this team just gone out the door. Um, yep. David Montgomery can't stay healthy. Uh, no wide receiver depth. I mean, the one person that I like on this this team that I go, man, this guy could have a big jump this year, uh, Cole Komet. I know a lot of people have been big on – like, he's one – I feel like he's one of those guys that – in a couple of years, we might go, yeah, he just was all hype and, and never stepped up. But like, this would be the year for him to be good because there's not a lot of competition at the wide receiver position. Yeah, there's not a lot of competition there. And young QBs like to rely on their tight ends. It's just kind of how things go a lot of the times. Um, there's just, there's somehow, they've pissed off Roquan Smith to the point where he wants to trade. And he's quite literally the only redeeming part of your defense at this point outside of a, an overperforming Robert Quinn last year that you overpaid. Yeah, Eddie Jackson is also still very solid. I can't disrespect him. I was like, yeah, Eddie Jackson. I mean, they have Lamar Jackson out there as well. Um, That's true at corner. At corner, he changes clothes and then takes a private jet to his next game when he's done playing for Baltimore. So, yeah, um, I just this team is just not good. It's not good. Yep. Nope. And there's not. It's not a team that you're looking at that go. This team is going to be bad this year and probably bad next year, and then maybe we'll we'll think who's about their, it. So. Who's their head coach this year? I don't even know. Oh, God. I, head. I forgot who they hired. Mm-hmm. Wasn't anybody that I could think of. I'll tell you that much. I was kind of mad when they when they signed him. So Let me see. Matt Aberflus, the DC out of yeah again. Just yeah. why? Oh yeah, I just drafted a young quarterback. Here's a defensive head coach. Yeah, and a defensive draft. I'm, well, I'm gonna just... make. I'm gonna make a statement. You tell me if it's too wild. The Bears might be turning into the Jets of the NFC. I don't think you're wrong. Like uh, they it's... just they just feel like they're gonna be bad for a long time. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking because I thought I really thought Justin Fields was a, something special and. They just there's there's no good like if if I were to take Justin Fields and Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson off this team, it's an expansion roster. There's not a, a damn redeeming quality 
outside of those three guys, in my opinion. Like, you can make the argument for like some young guys like Jalen Johnson along the way, and maybe like they're they're you know the first and second round picks this year. But like, I I just it's it's not a good look at all. This team is bad, really bad. really bad. All right, let's jump into our next team. Who do you got next? Uh, it's second in this division, I have the Lions going eight and nine. Third in this division. Oh, third, third in this division going eight nine. That's what I meant. I also have the Lions going exactly eight nine. That's kind of weird that we have that much similarity there, but and, yeah, especially in a team that hasn't touched eight wins in God knows how long. I I like this team, you know, and it sounds so weird to say that, but I I really do like this team. Um, I think it's weird to say that you don't like. Like if you, without even watching Hard Knocks, just like looking at the roster, hearing all the stories you're hearing, if you don't like the lines at this point, I don't think you like football. Like it's just such a good story. If nothing else, this is a team that you look at this roster and go, man, there's some upside here. And this, this team could be sneaky good under, under the radar, right? Like mm-hmm. Jared Goff is kind of a, you know, a low end starter, but Deandre Swift could be really good. Um, St. Brown had a great year last year. DJ Chark is wide receiver two. TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, they've solidified that offensive line with Penny Sewell. Um, and then they go and add a guy like, uh, Aiden Hutchinson this year. And I think that's only going to make him better. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We might be too, I might be too high on them. I almost put them in as a wild card team in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Um, I thought there was a chance that this team sneaks in, but I think there is a chance. Like it feels like a team, like we talk about teams having a lot of potential. This feels like a team that has a lot of potential and overperforms. Yeah. Um, I think Jamison Williams is on the injured reserve list now. So you hate to see you draft a guy that comes off an ACL tear and he's already hurt again. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see if he'll touch the field at all. Um, I don't know if they put him on the pup or if he's on IR. I thought he got moved to IR, but with the reserve non-football injury list. So, yeah. So he's on the IR. Yeah. And and also, like, I could see him playing later in the year, but, like, they're not going to rush him back. Even if this team is going to, even if this team is going to make the playoffs, like somehow they win eight games, there's three games left and they're like, legitimately playing for a playoff spot. I don't think they rush him back for, for this run. Yeah, no, I mean, cause they're not going anywhere in the postseason. Yeah. This is a team I think is like a quarterback away. Like this team is going to be the way that they're building this roster. I think they're going to be talked about kind of like we talk about the Colts. We're like, man, this is a really good team and, and they're a quarterback away. Um, I'd love to flip Justin Fields under this roster and just watch the magic happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would have thought we would be saying that about the about the Lions roster? But yeah, yeah it's no. Kinda, who would on the other way? Who would have thought listening to Dan Campbell's press conference for the first time talking about eating kneecaps on the way up? And yeah, the report was like either this guy's going to be out of the league in a year and a half, and he's never going to get another job, or this guy might be the greatest coach in the league in five years. And, and I, I think I it's think trending towards the latter at this point. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it's maybe that. not that far, but you got what I'm saying. Like I, I think he he's a Rex Ryan where he has like a nice like four or five years as a head coach, and then like just kind of falls off the face of the earth. Because... It depends on how long you can get guys to buy into the system. Because Rex Ryan had the Jets bought in, but the second that they stopped, it was all it was downhill. 
it just slid it. It just slid right downhill. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure that our division is going to shape out the same the rest of the way. Who do you have second in this division? Second in this division, I have the Vikings at 12 and five. I have the Vikings going 11 and six. Um, okay. I really like this team. I, I'm super I've, high on the Vikings. I feel too high on the Vikings, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I thought 11 and six was aggressive, and then you, you threw out 12 and five. There's a couple things I'll say that I really like about this this roster, right? Like, I think I've, a lot of the reports are saying that Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer weren't getting along, um, and there was a lot of tension there, right? So whenever you have yeah. that between your quarterback and your head coach, normally doesn't bode well. Um, and Kirk Cousins still threw for 4,000 yards last year. So uh, you have a 4,000-yard passing quarterback. You have a 1,100-yard rushing running back. And you have a guy who caught for 1,600 yards last year in Justin Jefferson. Like, you can't sit here and don't – and you can't tell me, like, man, that's that's a recipe for success right there. Um, you bring in an offensive-minded head coach, too. It's only going to build momentum from there. Yeah, I think – I don't know who Mike Zimmer was getting along with down the stretch of his tenure with them because I know him and Justin Jefferson would butt heads all the time. And Justin Jefferson has let us know at every turn, every possible interview he's done since Zimmer got fired, he was like, man, it'll be nice to be part of an actual offense. And you're like, damn, Mike, you're not wrong. But like, yeah, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Dalvin Cook's the top five running back in this game, at least top ten, if nothing else. Justin Jefferson is probably a top ten, top five receiver in this game. Adam Thielen's your two. Irv Smith Jr.'s underrated. The offensive line isn't terrible. I like Christian Darrisaw a lot. I like Bradbury. I like O'Neal. And then defensively, they add Jordan Hicks, who hasn't been great, but in the second spot behind Eric Hendricks with Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith getting after the QB. Patrick Peterson is still statistically like a top 10, top 15 corner in the league. He's been super underrated even since leaving Arizona. Harrison Smith still your boomstick in the secondary. Like this team is there, but the thing is, is that defense is massively underperformed. And that's, that's inevitably why Zimmer got canned. Because you can't be a defensive head coach and have your defense underperform for two years in a row, especially when they're talented. It's different when you're hurt or guys aren't there, guys are too young. Like they've had talent on this defense the whole time that Zimmer was head coach, and they were an extremely good defense outside of the last two years. So you're looking for the defense to right the ship, you're looking for the offense to take another step forward despite not really being that bad behind a defensive head coach either. I think the sky's the limit for this team, but it's just it's number 12 in green is the only reason I can't put this team at one in this division. Yeah, I mean, so he's really the one that's holding this team back is is Kirk Cousins, right? So, I mean, you're not going to be special, but you're definitely going to be average to above average at the quarterback spot, and I think that's what it takes to be a wild card team in the NFC. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um there's a chance. Like, do you feel like this team can win this division? Like, it's possible. I, I just the amount of steps that the Packers have gone backwards. I think there's. I think this division's closer than it's been probably in the last two or three years for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't want to commit. To, I yeah. I'll say yes to that. I, I think they could. It feels like a. It feels like a Chiefs situation where like somehow 
we don't like anything they did, and the teams kind of got better around them, but still the king of the pile remains. It's so hard to just knock somebody off the the, the throne unless you know. Agreed. Um, what do you have Green Bay going? I have Green Bay at just a game better at 13 and 4. 13 and 4. I have them at 14 and 3 this year. I think they'll end up somewhere around there for sure, though. Um, I, I like, I, I don't know. It's so tough to say, right? Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is grown this last year. I know he's like talking about like, you know, taking trip and tea and like all this other random shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know, I know there's been like that weird side of things. I mean, we've never seen Aaron Rodgers just come out and say like, yeah, the wide receivers just need to be better. Right. Like they just have to be better if they want to be out there and play. Um, and I, and I respect that. I think this is Aaron Rodgers being direct and honest of what he needs this team. Uh, to do and they spent a lot of picks on the defense and that defense was already pretty damn good um they they lost a couple players in this offseason um i mean obviously Devonte adams but i'm at like defensive players but i i think green bay's got a chance to to maintain their spot right like you're too deep at wide receiver um and i feel like aaron Rodgers is good enough to pull like you know Aaron Lazard is probably going to be his one, right? Uh, the most comfortable guy in that system. I think Christian Watson has a chance to kind of jump into wide receiver two territory pretty quick. I don't think, you know, Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins, right? So he's going to have two games where he just balls out of his mind, 40, right? 40 points. I might go Adam in our <laughs> dynasty league for week one and then cut him. And then cut him. Yeah, he's going to have two great games and you got to cut him because he's going to be mediocre after that. Um Randall Cobb is old and banged up, so but reliable. Went on the field. There's reasons like if Aaron Rodgers hangs it up, Randall Cobb is not on this roster. Right. It's the only reason he's there is because the QB likes him, which has to count for something at the end of the day. He's gonna mm-hmm. see snaps. Yeah, I mean he he was a Rodgers guy, right? He played for Rodgers, left, went to Houston, and then they traded for him back last year or signed him, whatever they did. Um I mean, a really solid offensive line, a really great defense. I think this team is going to transition to a more traditional Mike Shanahan style offense, right? So LaFleur obviously is a, is a, is he a Shanahan guy or is he a McVay guy? I don't remember now. I want to say he's a, I, at first I agreed with you, but now that you ask, I feel like he's a McVay guy. He might be a McVay guy. Yeah. But either way, they all run a very similar style offense, right? Like, I think this team is going to be based like if gosh, now I got to know the answer. It's going to drive me nuts. While you, while you look two things that anchor this team for me that hold them back is offensive line health. You're really hoping David Bakatari is going to play his first snaps in almost two years at left tackle. Probably the second best left tackle in the game. He was the best left tackle in the game before he got hurt. And before Trent Williams turned into an absolute animal in San Francisco scheme. And then Elton Jenkins is the right tackle, and he played a lot of guard last year, but flexed out to tackle when Brian Balaga left for L.A., and he's played well there, but he's also listed as questionable right now. So the offensive line, I think, the the health there, and play calling. Because we talk like you have Aaron Rodgers. You don't want to be a run-first team, but having Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as a one-two punch is something that has to count for something. Like yeah. you're going to have to run the ball – you have too much talent at the running back spot to not run the ball a decent bit here and there. And I think Aaron Jones, 
fantasy wise, I love Aaron Jones. I don't know why everyone's tailing off on him when he probably has the highest receiving upside he's ever had because the wide receivers are bad. Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of catches. I wouldn't be surprised to see him slid out into the slot a couple times this year just to kind of get weird if they want to get freaky with it. But I, I think the reason people are backing off of it is I think kind of I'm glad you said that it's building kind of off my point here. He was a McVay guy, by the way. So okay. he worked with the Rams. Um, he they're going to be a run first team, right? So this is going to feel like the early Todd Gurley years, but I don't think they're going to just feed Aaron Jones. I think they're going to feed Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah, because I think I think the gap between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon has closed in the last couple of years. Um, so I think it's going to be a one two punch in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be sharing a lot more time with AJ Dillon because I think the pass game is going to be less prevalent than it has been. You know, I think, I think this might be a team that Aaron Rodgers goes out and maybe only throws the ball 25 times a couple games. You know what I mean? And they really just rely on that run to be the difference maker. Which I don't think is the worst thing for his longevity either. Keeps your playbook and it keeps your film a little closed off too. You're not showing everything week to week. Um, which was their problem with Mike McCarthy because he doesn't like to change literally anything. He's like, well, yeah. here's the playbook. This is what we're running for the next six years. I'm like, do you want to add? He's like, nah, this is it right here. Well, and I think it's smart for a couple of reasons. One, I think it'll give a chance for the wide receivers to develop, right? Mm-hmm. So as they get more used to the offense and they get in sync with Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe it's week 10, 11, 12. Once you're in sync, then you can really kind of open up the playbook and, and let things fly. Yep. And two, it's going to open up a lot of the deep balls, right? So uh, if you find out, hey, one of these guys can really run deep routes, like there's going to be a lot of times where the safety is in the box trying to stop them from running the football. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, I mean, it's the Packers. I mean, are we surprised that they're going to be at the top of this division? I wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings win this, but it's – it's going to be a division that's decided by two games at most. Yeah. And I think, like we said before, I think it's going to come down. This is the closest that it's been in a long time. I really think it's like going to be a three or four game and the Packers, they might struggle early on. Like who knows? So mm-hmm. let's jump into our next division. We got the NFC East here. Um, who do you got finishing last in the division? I have the giants going two and 15 in this division. I also have the Giants going two and fifteen. Um, man, we talked about teams with depleted rosters and not a lot of upside, and the Giants feel like one of those teams. Um, yeah. Just, just not a lot of young players with upside. Uh, I mean, you're paying Kenny Dolladay a million dollars. It feels like Kadarius Tony was maybe one of the bigger reaches I'd say last year into the first round. Yeah. I don't know. If and he you... looked worth it for a, a game. game against Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who knows if, if he's going to be able to stay healthy. I um, God, I want him to so bad. I hope, I honestly hope he does. Like he's one of those guys that, you know, him and Christian McCaffrey both kind of fall into this category of like, when they're on the field, it's better for football because they're so entertaining and they're such freak athletes. I, but it's so hard for the human body to keep up with them. Yeah, and it's 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 a re, it's the reach of the century, and it's my personal opinion. You could disagree, and it's just it's just a, it's more about me watching him, you know. So it's not about the skill level that's there. I I think he's probably the most fun, and he may be up there, like Saquon's rookie year. 
was some of the best football I've ever seen be played by a running back in my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to come out and say, like, that's the best season I've ever seen from a running back with my own two eyes. But how much fun I had watching him run the full. Like, I became a Giants fan for a year. Not, not an actual Giants fan, but, like, I was, like, I was, like, if Baltimore's not on and the Giants were on, I was, like, I want to see this kid play. He is so, so incredibly talented. And I, I want him to be healthy so bad. Um, but I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. This feels a lot like, like the bears do to a certain degree. I think they have more pieces than the bears do just cause they've had more draft picks and better draft picks in recent history. I was like, I feel like they have more upside than the bears. Do. Oh, 110% that could win four games this year. And the next year, like a couple of roster moves, you get a QB in here and they could be an eight, eight win team. Yeah. I think it's, easily. it's mainly just because, um, they've had their first round picks and not only have they had theirs, they've had other teams here and there because the bears gave up their first round picks, uh, yeah, a couple first round picks to get Khalil Mack in the first place. Whereas and, the giants, and Mitch yeah. And the, whereas the giants have acquired first round picks, they were able to get Evan Neal and Kevon Thibodeau this week or this year, Andrew Thomas last year, um, Kadarius Tony. They obviously spent a first round on Saquon. Like, they have a lot of upside. They they have a lot more upside. They just don't have the quarterback that uh, Chicago does. Yeah, I mean, I I like the hire Brian Dayball. I think that's a a good fit in New York. You know, he's a New York style coach. That isn't going to say a lot. Isn't going to make a lot of crazy headlines. Mm-hmm. And he might you know be able to string this team together just enough. But I just don't think Daniel Jones is it too. And yeah. he's the one that we really haven't talked about here. But um. I'm surprised they decided to bring him back this year, but I think this is definitely going to be his last year. Yeah, I, I think the worst thing that could happen for the Giants this year is that he does really, really well with Dable as his career year, and you're left in this mid-spot where you're like, man, the first four years were so terrible, and I want – or the first three years were so bad, and I want this guy gone. But he just – he played well with our new head coach, and we planned out this head coach here for a while. So you don't feel right on moving off of him at the same time. Like he's not right. he's not gonna come out and play like an MVP or anything, but you know, better than he has. Um anytime you let a guy walk off a career year, it always feels weird, even if the career year has wasn't great. Um and it could also cost them getting their QB the future if they finish too well this year. And I don't think they will by any stretch, but with an offensive minded head coach like Brian Dable, I don't you know this when healthy, this offense can be dynamic. Can be. I'm not going to bet on it. Mm-hmm. But again, with an offensive-minded head coach, if they get creative, Daniel Jones has some underrated wheels and obviously some underrated hands after the one-hand catch we saw last year. <laughs> Saquon being healthy. Kadarius Tony is, is a weapon if there ever was one. Darius Slayton is a deep ball threat. You have Kenny Galladay over the middle of the field. Like they, there is, it all rides on play calling and Daniel and and Daniel Jones and, and Daniel Jones obviously takes you down a step to start right out the gate, but it's, it's also going to be hard for Daniel Jones to be backed up, you know, inside his own 20 and not kneel the ball. Like that's going to take some getting used to, right? Like, yeah, not to just, you know give up on a third down and not try to do something like that's going to be a little bit shock for him. I, I've never seen a team fold as hard as that team did last year. 
Yeah. Who's their head it's, coach last year? Who was the guy? Joe Judge. Wow. I was just waving the white flag. QB, yeah, they're, they're, QB sneak on third and 11 in your own 10-yard line. Like, it's just, that's high school stuff. That's it's I bad. I, I don't think I've ever seen that in the NFL, and I really hope I never see it again. That was, it was pretty embarrassing, to say the least. Yeah. Um, who do you have finishing third in the division? Third in the NFC least, I have the Commanders going four and 13. Okay, I have them also going four and 13. This feels too low to me, um, to be 100% honest with you. Um, I just I just struggle to like see who they're going to beat, but I still do feel like this is a little too low for them. It feels low roster-wise, but the schedule isn't great to look at, first of all. Um, yeah. It's a, they they have a tough like that's the thing that held me back a little bit is they just they have some tough teams that are you know normally you go okay maybe they sneak one here but they've got some really hard games they've got some difficult games and they have Carson Wentz a quarterback um, I think they're still waiting for the defense to take the step I feel like on paper this defense looks great year in year out and year in year out they underperform on the field. Um, I I don't know if it's just because they haven't been in the media as much, or at least not positively as much. I don't know how I feel about Chase Young at this point. I feel like he was billed in that Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Ohio State, you know, defensive end university type bill, and I don't think he's lived up to it at this point. I mean, injuries have held him back a little bit, but I mean, last year he was a 15 sack guy. Was he really that good? Yeah. Uh, yeah see, he was. And, and again, it's sometimes it's just this. I call it the New Orleans Pelicans effect where just sometimes you just really don't hear about a team enough. And yeah. and guys will have really good years and you just don't hear about it because it's just how the team is. Um, Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry. I misread that. He has one point five sacks last year. OK, not 15. That's, Holy shit. That's a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of a change. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That matters a little bit. Yeah. You know? And and again, how many games did he play? I'm curious to see how many games he played because I can't imagine he played 18 games and got. Let me take a peek here. Uh, last year he played nine games. Yeah, it's definitely low for nine games still. Yeah. And he's out. He just got ruled out. Um, they put him on the pup list, which means he'll be out for at least the first four games of this year. So not looking great. He's he's. The issue with him is he's falling into the the day to day category where like he hasn't had the ACL tear that's really taken him out for a year. He's had the the nagging injury here that I'm playing at sixty percent for a full year, and then I can't get healthy in the off season. Like that's I feel like where he's kind of landing at. This mm-hmm. defense is still extremely good. I mean, you have Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat still in your front your in your defensive line. I like Jameen Davis a lot. Cole Holcomb has a lot of potential. The, the secondary is still pretty solid. Like it's this team's not bad by any stretch, but it just feels like a team that's going to underperform again, yeah. which is really weird. I couldn't tell you why. I like a lot of the roster pieces that they have. I love their head coach. Just the it just how uh, do you not love him though? Yeah, I agree. If you don't like Ron Rivera, it's a, it's the same thing with the Lions. You don't like football. How do you not like Ron Rivera? 
yeah, Ron Rivera is a great guy, but I, yeah, this is one of those teams that it's so tough to put them in a box because yeah, I could see them winning four games, but at the same time, it's like if Carson Wentz plays well, like they could also be a team that wins eight, nine games. I could see them be being like, the seven seed in the, which is absolutely asinine. Honestly, now that I said it out loud, I could see it. It's going to take also, like MVP level performance from Carson Wentz, no injuries and Antonio Gibson getting back to what his rookie year was, but I also think this division's tough. Like this, like outside of New York, man, this is a really hard division, and they play some really good teams this year. So, I think that's part of part of the problem with it that they're going to face. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing. Honestly, like I'm looking game to game. The schedule really isn't that rough. I just see a lot of teams that are underperforming that I just feel like are going to want. Like they play the Lions week two, and like like. I don't think they're going to win that. I think the Lions win that. Yeah, I have the Lions winning that on my schedule as well. But it's just, do I think the Lions are that much better of a roster? Like, if you ask me just the roster alone, I think I might take the Commanders. Like, Terry no. McLuhan. Like, but I think the Lions are going to want it more. I think that's where a lot of the Commanders' losses come from this year. Like, I see, like, the Texans. I think the Texans just want the win more. I, I, I just think, think that I think the Giants slip again. Like I just I feel like a lot of the games flip on on a drive here or there. Yeah, but they've got options. Like I don't think Carson Wentz can really sell their team down the river because they still have Sam Howell and Taylor Heineke. So like I feel yeah. like if 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 Wentz doesn't play well, he's gonna get benched. Maybe I I don't know. I mean Taylor Heineke led that team to a pretty good record last year. So yeah. I mean, hey, dude, I, started I the game remember. against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And made it competitive for three quarters. For yeah, like he kind of just got thrown in. I mean, they went seven and ten, so not not super great. But again, a team I see, that I I see res- like taking a step back, not a step forward. Yeah, that was one of my. And remember, their defense was underperformed so badly last year. Yeah, and if they underperform again, it might be Ron Rivera's last last year as an NFL head coach. So. Unfortunately, I would agree. All right, who do you have finishing second in the division? Second in this division, I have the Dallas Cowboys going nine and eight. Okay, I also have the Cowboys second in this division. I have them going thirteen and four, though. Wow. So okay. I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are as bad as people are leading them on to be. I I think they're getting a lot of slack. I really do. Um, okay. Some of it's deserved. I I think here's it's the all thing, deserved. But, it's all deserved, but <laughs> say what you want about McCarthy, right? Like, yeah. but what did McCarthy do year in and year out for Green Bay? He got him to the playoffs, Competed. right? He made he made the team more consistent. Um, and I think that's what the Cowboys are going to become is, is more consistent. Um, I think they're going to run. They're going to run the ball a little bit more this year. I think losing Amari Cooper is a bigger loss than than people probably think that it is. Um I think you're going to rely a lot on CD lamb. You got to hope Michael Gallup's already hurt. Um, this is a team that's facing a good amount of injuries already. Yeah. Um, they've, they've caught the bug through camp for sure. Yeah. But an okay offensive line, uh, you know, a good to okay running back core, a good to okay wide receiver core. I, I think this keeps this team competitive. I really do. I think the best and honestly the most important part of the offseason for the Cowboys was not losing either coordinator. Um, yeah. I think I'm a little low on them just because I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to put this team at 13 and four, to be honest, because I feel like I did it last year. And I remember we had this conversation 
at the store and we had this conversation on the show like everyone was kind of we we tried to stay cool on the Cowboys for a while and there was a month stretch where the Cowboys played and were the best team in football and we even waited I waited another two weeks because I was like listen here's the thing they play like they're the best team in football and the second we acknowledge it they shit the bed and it all goes south so they played like the best team in football and I was like I'm gonna wait I was like I gotta see it for another two weeks because the second we verbalize it they're done for waited two weeks they played another two good weeks of football. I'm like, man, this might be finally the year that they kind of put it together and continue to do so for the full season. Fell apart immediately. Injuries, the playbook, all of it. It kind of came crashing down down around them, and a quarterback scrambled 14 seconds left end of their season. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this team's going to be great in the playoffs or anything, but I think they can can kind of match that performance last year. They should. They really should. On paper, and this is the thing, I'm trying not to look at this on paper because that's not how that's not how NFL season is decided. It's not how games are decided. It's not how touchdowns are scored. It's about who you have on paper. It's about what you could do on a football field. And unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys, time in, time out, just can't perform on a goddamn football field. I couldn't tell you why. I feel bad. Matt, I love you to death. I love all my Cowboys. Reed, I love you to death. I love all my Cowboys fans. It's – I don't understand – like it's it's so frustrating to me, and I'm not a fan. Like just as as someone who likes to analyze and just watch the game and pay attention to the game, just watch a team that's so damn talented just blow it year in year out. So, and, and maybe this thing- is the year. I I kind of feel like they're setting up where like this is a team that now is kind of banged up. Maybe they're getting the rough pieces out of the way early, and they're gonna jump it and get going six games in instead of starting hot and then ending cold. They're going to be cold to start, maybe get hot in the middle and kind of stay warm and get to the playoffs. I I think this is a team that wins the games that we think they should win, but loses, loses every game that they shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think they beat the Bucks. I don't think they beat the Rams. I don't think they beat who else do I have them losing to? I'm losing more games than that. Why am I not seeing them? Bucks, Rams, uh, the Packers. I think they might like you know, lose a sneaky game to the Vikings or something like that in there. But Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, they're going to be pretty dang consistent. Um, In 13-4 might be a little bit high, but I think they're going to be somewhere kind of in that ballpark. I I, I honestly, I don't think it like when I look at this defense, I'm getting Tampa Bay levels of of talent on this defense. The front seven is as great. I don't like the depth that they have on the defensive line at this point outside of DeMarcus Lawrence. I really don't like the defensive line at all. But the thing that I've always had the issue with is the Cowboys. I felt like the linebacking core was never there. They now have Anthony Barr, Leighton Van Der Esch, and Micah Parsons. And Jabril Cox has been a solid guy to rely on. Um, They picked him up in the draft a couple years ago. You have the the thing with the secondary still kills me. Jaron Curse, solid Malik Hooker. You're hoping can stay healthy. Trevon Diggs is your your boomer bust guy at corner. I don't know how they couldn't find a replacement for Anthony Brown in the offseason. I would quite honestly rather have Eli Apple at corner than Anthony Brown. Um, because Eli Apple's gonna get toasted. But I've seen Anthony Brown give up four defensive pass interference calls in the same game and walk out as this as a starter the next week, which just doesn't in principle. If you give up four DPI calls for a total of like 120 yards in one game, 
I'm probably going to sit you unless you're like a top five guy. Yeah. Like you just out of prison. It's like getting, it's like getting that false start or the false start or the, the neutral zone infraction in a game in high school where they pull you for the next series and then you go back out. It's kind of one of those things. Like you gotta, you gotta be fucking better than this. Like this is the big leagues. All right. We're in the NFL Four DPI calls in the same game can't happen. So I like a lot of pieces, but again, the the keeping both coordinators I think is going to be huge for them. I think Zeke might be fully healthy for the first time in years. And Tony Pollard was explosive and played great last year. So it's just about putting it. It's the same thing it always has been with the Cowboys. they got to put it together on the football field. And I th- yeah. I think they have a chance to do so. But I've thought they've had a chance to do so for the last three years. And I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just we just have to see it. Um, I'm sick of getting burned, Dallas. I'm sick of getting burned. Let's talk about the team you have going, um, or team we both have going. Like it's got to be both because we've had the same both, up to this point. Same. Uh, what do you have the Eagles going? I'm going twelve and five. Twelve and five. I have the Eagles going fourteen and three. Probably probably a little high on my my Eagles, but um. Man, I just every time I look at what this team did, we I talked about them mid season last year, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "This is a team to watch to either get Deshaun Watson or get scary good next year." Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "Oh yeah, 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 you're crazy." You know what I mean? They turned. They had three first round picks. Uh, they turned one of them into AJ Brown. Um, I can't remember what the other one turned into. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Well, there's a third. I don't remember what the third one turned um... into. Something I'm forgetting. They draft two guys. They did not. They traded it away. Maybe they traded. They didn't trade two first round picks for AJ Brown. That's wrong. Yeah, they definitely didn't trade both for AJ Brown. It was just one pick for him. Um, yeah, I don't know, but God. the 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 people that they took, I really liked. I like Jordan Davis. I like N'Kobe Dean, especially in the third round. Yeah, right? that's like insane. I feel like that's. I a think I had him in deal. the first. So, um. You you add AJ Brown to this team, right? Like so, so you get a little bit, you get better at your wide receiver core. You add a defensive tackle, somebody who's going to be a run stopper. It just this team feels like it's it's about ready to take the big leap. Uh, the big question to this is all it all lies on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. Like that's the big question. And I feel like every single time we've asked this question, he's delivered. I don't know why we're still asking this question at this point because. It's it's honestly he he I feel like he is extremely disrespected by most. Um, this I I do agree with you. Like this roster is pretty to look at. I mean, the running back room isn't great, but when you have a, a head coach that knows how to call the run game, which they finally figured it out. I think Nick Sirianni figuring out the playbook was the best thing that happened to this team last year. They just have to write the sh- like just keep doing it. You have one of the best blocking tight ends in football in Dallas Goddard. You bring in A.J. Brown, who's going to be a physical blocker in the run game as well. Devonta Smith and then Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager are two of the faster receivers in the game as your three and four guys. Defensively, somehow you you used pick 14 on Jordan Davis, and he's your third best DT on this team behind Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. You still have Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat, Derek Barn. Like They probably have the best defensive line rotation in football to be 100% honest. That defensive yeah. line is six deep. Like, six, 
six starter level guys on that defensive line. They added Hassan Reddick in the offseason. Darius Slay came in the year before and played absolutely out of his mind. And then they added James Bradbury to the secondary as well. Absolutely insane. This team should be really good. Oh, there's there's no no doubt that it it should get better. I think right? anything so. less than eleven wins in a division title is an absolute failure for this team at this point. Maybe not okay. a failure because they're still young and they're going to tr- be trying to put a couple pieces in here and there, trying to figure out where Nicobe Dean's going to fit out in the linebacker category. Is he going to be a starter? So on and so forth. But like that, that to me is like where this team wants their floor to be for this year is at least 10 wins and you're hoping a division title unless Dallas really comes out and is that good. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's what happened to that other pick. I forgot they traded, they traded to saints for a 2023 first round pick. Yeah. Which I loved because they moved up. They hopped Baltimore to get Jordan Davis and then turned. They basically just flipped, took an extra first round picnic, which is never a bad thing. I don't know why more teams don't do it. They came around to that third first round pick and they're like, man, we have AJ Brown and Jordan Davis. We're not in love with anybody here. Let's just get an extra pick next year. Even if we fall a couple spots in the draft next year, there's no, like we already won the draft. Yeah. Like we, we, we got a six, six, 340 pound defensive tackle. And we, we got a technically he would have been the best player in the draft. Cause he's obviously already three years into his career in AJ Brown. We've won. There's no need to add cheddar to this at this point. And the other thing I'll say about the Eagles, Nick Sirianni started to figure it out better in the second half of the season. They started to play better where he was like, man, I should just run the ball. And I hope that he's going into the season with that knowledge and being able to go, okay, I know what we need to do to be successful and just do it. And AJ Brown's going to get a lot of opportunity. Um, I, it's just, it just, I like the way this roster is built. It's just everything about it screams, you know, we're going to get to the quarterback. Um, and they still have Darius Slay, who people I feel like sleep on now. You know what I Which mean? Which is insanity because he played so well last year for them. And then they went out and added, I forgot they added Hassan Reddick even, man. Like every, like they just, everything just lines up. Yeah. It is a good time to be an Eagles fan. You have a great run game. Once you figured out how to call the right plays, you have a great run game with a great offensive line. You decided, man, we just cannot draft a franchise receiver outside of Devontae Smith. Let's trade for one. And not only trade for one, but again, a big 6'4 guy that's going to be able to contribute in the run game by blocking yeah. downfield. Dallas Goddard's still here. We probably have, like I said, the best defensive line rotation in football. It's going to be able to stop the run. Bringing Hassan Reddick to beef my pass rush. Darius Slay played out of his mind last year. Let's add another guy that also had a crazy year two years before in James Bradbury as my second corner. We're just going to, like, honestly, this team should be what the Chargers were two years ago and what the Bills were last year. And they should probably be in the category of having a top five or best offense and best defense in the league, yardage-wise. Yeah. They should be in that conversation. All right, we got one division left. I think it's one of the more interesting ones. Uh, I think we both are probably going to have the same team here, but who do you got at number four? Uh, number four are the Seattle Seahawks going 2-15 and 15 in the NFC West. I also have them going 2-15. and 15. Um, Does this answer change for you depending on who their starting QB is? No. Uh, I, don't, yeah, I think the gap here. is 
much too large between them and whoever you feel like is going to land in the three spot here, whether it's the Cardinals or the, the Niners. Um, so I want to talk about, because I thought it was hilarious reading that headline about Pete Carroll, what he said, uh, talking about the quarterback competition. So he's going to take his time, pick up between Geno Smith and Drew Locke said, man, we really may have just two, one quarterbacks on this team. First of all, everybody knows if you have two QB ones, you have zero QB ones. That's how this goes. Yeah. You either have your guy or you don't have your guy. There's no like we have two guys. And also talent wise, I think a more accurate statement is you have two twos. You have two backup QBs, not two ones. Um, and nothing really hops off the page for this roster outside of it. Um it it's such a weird roster. Again, this is a team that that could be good. I feel like in in a year or two, like it's not like they're far off, right? Like Kenneth Walker could be a superstar right at running back. Like they could have stole him. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, both obviously great wide receivers. When they had Russell Wilson, we'll see what they are without Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah Fant is a is a good middle of the road tight great, end. Yeah, great uh, receiving tight end. So it it's just it's such a weird team where it's like ah oh, they're okay here but like you know do I like any of those weapons when Drew Lock and Juno Smith are throwing the ball not not really no I think what's gonna uh, kill this team is the stubbornness of Pete Carroll in the front office at this point because I would have done everything in my power to add literally any quarterback into this room I don't care who it was Jimmy G it could have been Baker. It could have been Gardner Minshew. It could like could have been Mitchell Trubisky. Literally anybody. Because I don't care what anyone says. I'm not going to sit here and try to argue Geno Smith, Drew Locke, or any of the names I just listed. But like I cannot be okay with just looking at the three guys that I have, Jacob Eason being the unproven guy that was taken in the fourth round by the Colts two years ago, and just being like, yeah, let it ride. What are you yeah. – why? I just – This is – this team went seven and 10 last year and you can't tell me getting rid of Russell Wilson is going to make you better. So I just, I can't imagine them. I think ceiling, I think ceiling wise, I think maybe five or six games. Five. Is their absolute yeah, max. I think yeah. Five is the ceiling when it comes to my head. Like I just don't understand as an NFL front office member, as a GM president of football operations. And as a head coach, I look at Geno Smith, Drew Locke and Jacob Eason and then I look at a plethora of picks I just got back and a sixth or fifth rounder that means nothing to me. And you can't tell me that I'm like, let's just bring Gardner Minshew in and see what happens. Let's just bring Baker Mayfield in and see what happens. Let's bring insert name here. It literally doesn't matter. Or let's effing draft somebody. Yeah. Like I just I I have I've never understood from when it happened to now just like looking at these two guys and being like, let's just run with it. And I'm not saying anybody that they bring in would have beat these guys out for the starting job. As much as in my heart, I think Gardner Minshew is the best quarterback out of the those, if he was in this room out of the four guys. I'm not saying he would have started the job or, you know, got the job in the long run. But I just don't know as an NFL head coach, looking at the two receivers that I have and they just talk about how they feel like they're still going to go out and win nine games somehow. Yeah. Like I the belief in Seattle is that like, they're still a playoff team and they're competing for a Super Bowl, which is the farthest from the truth. 
So if you truly feel like that's where your roster's at, you have failed because you did not go get the signal caller that was going to put you over the hump at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I, I don't know where to start. This team this team kills me. I, I don't know. I I knew that I was going to get fired up talking about them. Mm-hmm. I just don't clearly. I just don't know as a front office member how I look at Russell Wilson, who's not over the hill. Thirty two years old, thirty three years old, or is he that old? Uh, Russell Wilson, I want to say he's 32 is what sounds right in my head, but I don't know. I'm going to look here. Um, I've got it pulled up. He's 33, 33. And guys are playing until the 30, 37, 38, like you, a high level, high level till that age. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think he had at least two, if not three years left in him on the low end. Um, I don't know how I look at a guy like that. And I look at Pete Carroll, who to me has kind of been on his way out for the last two years and just decided that keeping Pete Carroll was the right decision. I just, I feel like after the two, three Super Bowl runs they had and they blew up the Legion of Boom, that I was like, all right, well, Pete Carroll's days are numbered. And I feel like I've said Pete Carroll's days are numbered for three years. And then it came down to the ultimatum, like, all right, well, get rid of your Super Bowl MVP quarterback or get rid of the head coach that you should have got rid of three years ago. And they're like, we're going to trade the quarterback. And it'd be different if the hall was that great, but it really wasn't. The picks were nice, but Colin Coward thinks the Broncos are going to win the division. And we don't have, we're not that high on them. But if that's no. the case, those picks mean diddly garbage, to be honest. And you got Noah Fant and Shelby Harris back, and you're supposed to be second QB1 in Drew Locke. So yeah. I just, I, I hate the direction this team went. And I and the reason I think that I get so fired up about it is because I think it was completely avoidable. I think they steered in the wrong direction, knowing damn well that it was the wrong direction. And now they're trying to tell everybody that it was the right direction. And it just it frustrates the it frustrates me to no end. So who do you have finishing third in the division? <laughs> third third in this division, I have the Niners going nine and eight. I have the Niners going six and eleven in this division. Um, I I think this is a somewhat easy one to talk about for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, nobody knows what Trey Lance is. Yeah, right? that's where the fluctuation uh, happens, for sure. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is is steady, right? Like he is, uh, he's a lesser Kirk Cousins is the way I would describe him. Um, a better looking Kirk Cousins. Better looking Kirk Cousins, yeah. I don't know what Trey Lance is at all. This was a really hard team. Um, I mean, I love Mike Shanahan. I think everyone should know that because I was the one that when they were struggling early in the season, I was like, dude, what are we talking about firing Mike Shanahan? Yeah, I still don't understand how people think Kyle Shanahan is not a top five coach in this league. Yeah. I think it's absolutely asinine. He's a great coach. Um, I mean, Debo's not going to want to run the ball as much this year. I really wish they had went out and got one of the top running backs this year, you know, in the second or third round. But um, it's a good roster. I just don't know if it's good enough to elevate a Trey Lance to that kind of level. I think we we know where the elevation has to happen. Well, the where they needed the elevation was the roster. I think you're right. But where the elevation is going to happen and what was known all along is the elevation is going to happen from the coaching staff. Um, yeah. 
because as much as I don't love Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson or Trey Sermon or Tyron Davis Price, all of them are going to be a decent RB2 option in fantasy at some point this year. Yeah. Um, they have Debo Samuel. They have Brandon Ayuk. Juwan Jennings surprised some guys last year. Ray Ray McLeod solid. Willie Sneed's buried on the steps chart. And you still have a top four, top five tight end in George Kittle. The offensive line's great. The scheme is what makes this team so good. And then defensively, yeah. it's just about staying healthy. You've got to keep your pass rushers on the field. Um, Nick Bosa has had his injury issues here and there. Um, obviously, Fred Warner, I think, is the best middle linebacker in football. I like Dre Greenlaw a lot. Like, I like where this team's at. The, the fluctuation happens at quarterback. Like, what are they going to get? Because I don't see a world where Trey Lance comes out and he's okay. I feel like he's going to yeah. be really, really good or he's going to be really, really bad. And I, I think he's going to struggle early on no matter what. Like, he hasn't played football in a long-ass time. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, he barely played his last year in college, didn't play at all last year. Um, I, I think there's going to be some growing pains, and that's why I see him going 6-11. and 11. I like their upside a little bit better, but I, I think they're going to be somewhat on the struggle bus here. That's fair. I see it. Who do you got going second in the division? I have the Cardinals going second in this division. Um, I have them finishing at 10 and seven on my books. Yep. I have them going nine and eight. So pretty similar spot. I think they take a small step back. Uh, I think there's just a lot of, whenever there's a lot of talk around the team, it scares me, right? Like there's a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray. Um, he kind of fell off last year. I, I still don't know what Cliff Kingsbury is as a head coach, because we saw the same thing with him where, you know, Second half of the season, they didn't look very good. Not um, at all. They started to struggle when they lost DeAndre Hopkins. They're not going to have him early in the season. He's suspended six or eight games. How long is he suspended for? I want to say it's six. Six. So I think that's going to hurt. I like Marquise Brown. I think it's a good add-in. I don't know if it's enough to completely fill the DeAndre Hopkins role. Um, you know, whenever you can have A.J. Brown wide receiver three, I think is great. Um I mean, we'll, we'll see what this team is, really. I mean, J.J. Watt gets another year older. There isn't anything, and you lose Chandler Jones out of this defense. Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot of pass rush anymore for yeah. this defense, so okay. that'll be an interesting to see how they fill that. I think, I'm going to be honest, I I honestly hate where I have them at, at 10-7. and 7. This, to me, is a team that goes 12-5 and 5, or they go 5-12. and 12. Like they're mm-hmm. going to overperform and they're going to play out of their mind. You're like, man, this team is talented. First of all, it's going to all have to be on the offensive side of the ball. You're strictly banking on the fact that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood and AJ Green and Rondell Moore and Andy Isabella are just and Zach Ertz and Max Williams are just going to move the ball so efficiently on offense because the defense I don't think is great. They have their pieces. I like Buda Baker. I like Byron Murphy. I like JJ Watt kind of Zaven Collins hasn't didn't didn't look great last year. Isaiah Simmons still hasn't taken a step forward. He's an athletic freak, but athleticism only gets you so far. The offensive line I like is is solid, which is always bodes well. That the offense like if this offensive line gets hurt, tank him. Six wins. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a team that is an injury or two or a controversy or two away from tanking. 
this team feels like they are very, very much so boomer bust. I, I they're it. You're right. They're so fragile. It's it's just such a weird situation that they're in right now. It, everything I, I, with everything. They're yeah. They're just such a hard team to judge of like you know, how well this team is actually going to play throughout the season. I think to be a hundred percent honest with you, I, I think Hollywood's going to go nuclear with, especially (laughs) without Deandre Hopkins being out there and him being the one. And I think he'll still be very, very good because defenses are just going to key on D hop and he's going to be able to do his thing when D hops out there as well. Um, I think the only thing that stops Hollywood at this point is himself. Um, he was ninth in the league in targets last year. He had a couple really bad games. Like the game against Detroit was horrible. I think he had like four or five drops in that game alone. But I know that Hollywood Brown is extremely talented. And he had a couple bad games being paired with just Baltimore set. Wasn't great for – it's not great for receivers. It's not a passing offense. It's not a pass first offense. Hasn't been in the last couple of years. Probably won't be for the next couple of years. And then uh, Lamar going down just never helps either, losing your starting quarterback. So I do think Hollywood's going to be great in this set if he stays on the field. He's already had his issues out there with the law. I think he got pulled over. uh, I want to say his criminal speeding. He's going like 110 in a 60-mile-an-hour zone or something like that. Kyler Murray has his contract issues. D-Hop suspended. We still don't know how we feel about Cliff Kingsbury. J.J. Watt's getting old. You lost Chandler Jones. There's a lot of questions here. But the talent is there for this team to still win 10-plus games. Yeah, no, it's there. I mean, this team is going to have to win shootouts, and I just don't know how confident I am that they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, on paper, I love it. But again, football's not won on paper. So, all right, let's talk about the number one team. We both have the Rams uh, taking this division mm-hmm. again. I have them going fourteen and three. I have them at fifteen and two as the one seed on my side. And it's weird because most of the time I'm a firm believer in the Super Bowl hangover. I have both the Super Bowl teams winning their division again. I just don't think that either team really feels it quite as much. Uh, the The Rams, man, they don't rebuild; they just reload. I know we used to say, like, you know, you always hear teams say that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. Like every time you're like, oh man, you know, they lose OBJ. I mean, they didn't really fully lose OBJ, right? Like he might come back. They just replaced him with Allen Robinson, right? Yeah. Like who I think is, you know, at this point, you know, a more reliable weapon. Um, it just every time you look, you're like, oh, and then they add Bobby Wagner too, and you're like, man, this team got better somehow. Like they win a Super Bowl, most of the time you fall apart. Like this team really did get better. Yeah. Um, getting healthy at running back, obviously, with Cam Akers yeah. being back. Darren Henderson Jr. was a great fill in. Cooper Cup had the best season we've seen from a receiver in in years, if not a decade or so. They add Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson still on board. Tyler Higby's there. I'm curious to see how left tackle is going to look without Andrew Whitworth being in the building. But I agree. The defense got better. Um, Aaron Donald, Sarah Aaron Donald, you add Bobby Wagner in the middle. So now they have a top five player, and they have the best player at two of the spots at, at each level of the defense, on the defensive line and the linebacking core and the corners. You have the best defensive lineman in football in Aaron Donald. I think you have the best corner in the game in Jalen Ramsey. And I think you add still probably a top five, top ten linebacker in Bobby Wagner in the middle of your defense. 
this this team did get better. You're, yeah. I think you're 100 percent on the dot. The only thing that holds this team back now is injuries, and if for some reason Sean McVay forgets how to call a game in between here and there. yeah, and I, mean, I don't know if you've thin. seen the interviews, that man forgets nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're thin, right? Like whenever you're paying this many superstars, you're thin, right? Yeah. So a couple of bad injuries is is never a good thing for a team like this. I look at this division and I go. I think every team either got worse or took a step back to a certain degree, right? Like, I don't think San Francisco necessarily got worse. I just think there's uncertainty um, at quarterback. There's now. there's a lot of uncertainty there. So, I think with all of that happening, and then the Rams getting better, man, it's going to be tough to beat them in this division. It, it really is. They're they're a good team. Yeah. Um, it's it's just curious. I'm curious, like if the injuries happen and the Cardinals collapse and Trey Lance struggles, like who the hell wins this division at this point? Like there's a, there's a real chance that this goes from one of the best to one of the worst divisions of football, just from like six things happening. If they, fall yeah, and it, it goes quick too. Oh, excuse me. But yeah, it, it'll happen fast, but all right. Why don't you give us a recap running one through seven and uh, of, of who makes the playoffs in the NFC and then who's, who's on the outside looking in. Um, so I have the Rams as my one seed going 15 and two, the bucks at the two seed at 14 and three Packers go 13 and four is my three seed. The Eagles win the NFC East at 12 and five, five seed is the Vikings going 12 and five. My six seed is the, Cardinals going 10 and 7, my 7 seed, the Cowboys slip in at 9 and 8. Losing on the tiebreaker, I have the Niners at 9 and 8 as well as my 8 seed, and then the Lions and the Saints are at 8 and 9 on the outside looking in as my 8 and 8. My so nine and we have seeds. our seeding goes the exact same for the top 4 of the division, Rams at the 1, Bucks at the 2, Packers at the 3, Eagles at the 4 for me. Um at the five seed, I do have the Cowboys, though. And then at the six seed, I have the Vikings. Um, and then at the seven, I have the Cardinals barely slipping in at nine and eight. Um, far as my outside looking in teams, I have the Lions going eight and nine, the Panthers at seven and ten, and the San Francisco 49ers at six and eleven. Fair enough. We'll take that. So yeah, I'm go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. I was, I think we're about to do the same thing here. Yeah. So that, that wraps up the NFC. I think, uh, next week we're going to do, uh, you know, our award winners. So who we're thinking is going to win every, every major award in the NFL. And then, uh, we're going to do our playoff and Super Bowl predictions for the season. Yeah. So playoff seeds are set on each side, on each side, the Rams and the bills receiving the buys. We'll see how the playoffs shake out. That's going to be, um, a very interesting to see who we're going to have making it out of each side in this. And also we're going to get weird. We may, I think I just came up with this idea and I want to do it now. So hopefully I can follow through. We may do some like NFL superlatives uh, along the way. Some, some, some weird stuff, most likely to play call of duty instead of watching film. Kyler Murray, obviously something like that. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I like it. That's going to do it for our NFC record prediction episode. Make sure you guys stick around for our Super Bowl and our playoff predictions and our award predictions for next week. Um, make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter at Owen underscore Burke on Twitter and at Pissworm Takes. Um, keep it locked. BDL should be back in swing here as well soon. Um, for now, we're just going to keep talking about football, man. 
It's uh, tis the season, and I couldn't be more excited. So, anything else to add before we get out of here? No, that was a good episode. All righty. It was fun. As always, make sure you guys keep it locked. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you then.